Hello, I'm Mark McCurgo and welcome to the Village in the City podcast, helping you build micro-local community where you live. So hi everyone, welcome to our 11th podcast of Village in the City, and today I'm very excited to be talking to Jason Sears, who is a village builder, community builder, based out of Seattle, Washington, and Boise, Idaho in the USA, and he's been doing some very interesting work on social gathering models. So Jason, welcome to Village in the City. Thanks, Mark. It's good to be with you. Tell us, just briefly to start with, how do you get involved in community building, Jason? Yeah, I've been involved with nonprofits for a good chunk of my career and uh, just felt like every nonprofit is a community. I mean, every healthy nonprofit has identified some kind of need in the community, has organized people around it. And uh, I just found that as we were successful and growing and and uh, gathering resources that we were just doing a good job being a community. We were creating places for people to come together and and connect with each other. So that made me really interested as I was working with different nonprofits and I was thinking, you know, this this need for community goes broader than any one specific need that we we just lack, especially here in the states. My experience here in the states is that we really lack community and I've always felt that uh, growing up. One other big experience that I had is going into the Peace Corps and uh, living in Namibia and Southern Africa for a while, seeing a whole different level. I mean, that's really where the idea of village uh, came to me is is seeing a real village and seeing what it's like when kids are raised together and and when, you know, there's things for kids to do during the day and after school. And um, it just really felt good. And so coming back to the States, I felt a real lack of community. So it, it started with seeing what we're doing successfully in nonprofits and trying to apply that in a way that wasn't just specific to one cause. Okay, yeah, I've always thought it's an interesting thing about how organizations and communities, sometimes they're quite like each other and other times they're really not. And a lot of my work has been in my management consulting persona has been about trying to make organizations a bit more like communities because I think mm. they function maybe better like that, but not everyone in the organizational space is a taker for that idea, of course. But then we come also to the idea that communities are fundamentally different in some ways because people uh, serve for each other. They're not serving for a shareholder or a, a client or something like that. They're, mm. they're working for each other. Did you come across that kind of thinking? Is that the place you were coming in with your experience in Namibia? I'd really like to hear a bit more about that too. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, yeah, I also have a business degree, an executive MBA and um, kind of business background. And uh, yeah, contrasting as what we're talking about with community, especially micro community uh, building with what we're taught in terms of running businesses, it's very different. And, uh, you know, with a business, uh, you have a a focus, you have a a product, you have some optimizations, you have money, and uh, the human element tends to get deprioritized. So I totally agree with you that, that, you know, bringing these ideas into businesses is important, but there is a lot of resistance because what you're essentially saying is we need to slow down, you know, we need to slow down and, and we need to see each other's human needs that, that may not relate at all to what the day-to-day operations are of a business. Um, so, yeah, I saw that in, uh, in Namibia is, you know, businesses were run by the community that, for example, someone would uh, create an auto repair shop in their front yard and they'd pull some tools together from their neighbors. And then everybody in the neighborhood would know they could take their car there to get it worked on. And so it was in everybody's interest to support that business. 
And, um, you know, so that, that style of business, as opposed to, I'm going to be the best auto repair guy in the area and I'm competing with the other ones that are down the block. And it's just, that's a foreign idea. It's, it's like, why would you want to do it that way? You know, like I'm here to really help people who need someone to work on their car and that's my job. Um, and that felt like a much more community oriented approach to business. Yeah. It's a more collaborative approach to business almost it sounds to me. Yeah, absolutely. Collaboration is a good word, yeah. And just a shout out for Namibia, by the way, if anyone doesn't know Namibia, it's an amazing place. I went there a few years ago. It's in the south of Africa, kind of next to South Africa, but it was it, it was colonized by the Germans. Uh, and that spills over in all kinds of ways, because it, it struck me as being relatively well organized uh, for, a, for an African place in some ways. And their beer is also really good. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you're thinking about going to Namibia, folks, go for it. It's a, it's a really interesting place. Oh, my gosh. It's beautiful country. Some of the most beautiful uh, uh, safaris. And uh, there's just really great opportunities to see some country there. And you're right. Coming out of the apartheid era, uh, Namibia was established uh, independently in 1994. And uh, they've been uh, really growing since then and really forming their own strong sense of identity and repairing a lot of the wounds that were created before that time. So it's it's cool to see that happening as a community. Let's fast forward, Jason. You, you came back from Namibia. You are interested in communities. And I think you started off with in, working in Seattle. Is that right? Yeah, it was moving to Seattle, forming uh, the big thing that started us off was a meetup group. So meetup is a, is a popular platform here for pulling people together. I think it's a really excellent way of building community. Uh, and a lot of times it's around specific interests. Uh, so we created uh, an interest group here in Seattle and it grew really quickly. And, and we had quite a, quite a few folks coming together and we had a good time organizing uh, regular events and uh, people were forming friendships and uh, we just kind of had this good good group of, of friends that built out of that and it felt really good and um, but it, again it, it still can as much as that was really fun and as good as that felt it's still I still kept going back to this idea that it's still an interest group and the only people joining our group are people who are interested in this particular topic it's different than forming community of people that you live around. And, and really, it didn't have as much diversity as what I was interested in, because we were basically filtering people uh, for that interest. So it, it what was, was the interest, by the way, what was the, the thing that you were? <laughs> All right, uh, it's called vegan stoners. That was our group. So <laughs> It was, okay. you can see why I was avoiding it. <laughs> the, um, the uh, no, no, but it, but it, it was, it, there's something about having a really specific thing is it? it's a, like a, a beacon for the people who mm -hmm. kind of are into that stuff. Absolutely. Actually, that's really, and okay, 98% of the population may not be very, very interested in that. But the, for the, those who are, having a really specific offer, yeah. invitation, well, I think it can help if, if that's what you, the people you want to talk to. Absolutely. It, it was it was a lightning rod because uh, weed had been legalized in, in uh, Washington for a few years and um, veganism is growing. It still continues to grow as a, as a movement. And so there was a lot of folks just just really interested in what we were doing. It brought a lot of people together. But yeah, it, from, okay, from so there, you started with that. Yeah. And then, but then you, mo you, the, you moved on. by the same yeah, from from there, we, you know, we, we continue to have this issue of, of uh, locality, 
you know, that, that people were more interested in, in joining if it was easy for them to attend our events. And so we would see people more from the central part of Seattle. And as people joined from other areas outside Seattle, we would try to have events in other areas, but it was just really difficult. We couldn't, you know, have, we couldn't spread out, you know, that, that easily. And even using other organizers was a bit of a challenge. Um, so yeah, I was just, just kept thinking, I really want to know the people that are around me. You know, like, I really want to know my neighbors. There's a lot of diversity. There's a lot of interest in this, in this area. So I came up with this idea of village, just that word village was really compelling to me, which is what I really love about what you're doing, Mark, with village in the city. Uh, I think that word is powerful and, um, you know, it really represents to a lot of people, it instantly communicates kind of what we're getting at to a lot of folks that, what do you see in a village? You know, you see everybody, you see young, you see old, you see, uh, you know, all kinds of interests and, uh, you know, you have conservative and liberal and you just all the kinds of diversity that I think is important to us. And uh, that's not what I was seeing with our group. Um, and so I started our uh, village in January of 2020 prior to COVID. And uh, we came together and the intention was we're going to build a, you know, we're going to build a micro community. We're going to be a small community, intentionally small of people that kind of live near each other. And, uh, you know, the thought idea was kind of mutual aid, support each other. You know, that's how it started. Now, I think I'm right in saying that although you were talking about being local and so on, actually the kind of very, very close local connection is perhaps not, was not quite as important to you at that stage. You're more like drawing people who want to be engaged, want to want to get together from perhaps a wider physical uh, circle. Is that right? Yeah, right. It, it's true. When you're first getting started, it, it is difficult to just focus on on a couple of streets. Um, so it was it was anybody in the area. But we did you know, we did have in-person gatherings was key. Uh, so we, we came together in person. So that filtered people a bit in terms of how far they're willing to go and and uh, did focus on people who are generally, you know, regionally in the same area. Uh, but for the most part, uh, most of our folks lived in, in the downtown air regions of Seattle. Um, so kind of within the city. And so you started that in January 2020. What happened then? Did it grow? How did it go? Yeah, it was it was pretty well received. It, uh, we had music. We had a program. We had some music. Uh, we had some musically inclined members that that kicked off our programs with with some music, and then we had some activities. The the question I always had was, what do you do once you get people together? What do you do? You know, if if you're not running a program like like here's an expert who's going to talk on this topic, or you know, which is something that you see a lot. Um, I really was interested in centering the community of like, we have this group coming together, you know, how do we amplify whatever talents and interests are, you know, within the group that actually came together. And uh, so that uh, I had no idea how to do. And it wasn't, it was because of COVID that um, we, things changed rapidly and a lot more people got involved. And the answer to that question came out. Um, so it was, it was uh, March of, of 2020. We had a, a person, Jordan Lyon, someone pretty well known here in Seattle, uh, brought a bunch of people together under this question, how do we support each other during this difficult time? And uh, so uh, I had some resources around village. I had uh, some tools that I created to organize our community through emails. And um, so I offered those up. Um, someone else offered the idea of doing a grounding, uh, which is a really important part of our program now is just taking a moment to kind of calm down and connect with your breath. And it, it does wonders for reducing anxieties, especially social anxieties. 
And then uh, another person, Peggy Holman, who is an expert in open space technology, uh, brought this idea of, of open space technology, which I encourage listeners to just uh, research. That's a very fascinating way of, of connecting um, self-organized groups. Um, so all these components kind of came together. And by uh, August of 2020, we have created Village Seattle. And we had a program that we ran every single time. Uh, we did weekly virtual gatherings. And then um, by uh, the middle of 2021, we were doing monthly in-person gatherings again. Okay. that's well. So there's so much to dig into there, uh, Jason. I just want to say Peggy Holman. I know Peggy Holman. I work in that oh, open space. space you myself. do? Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah. That's great. Oh, yes. And uh, uh, she got me uh, along to the World Open Space of Open Spaces in London a f- uh, about a decade ago. And I met all sorts of interesting people there so yeah we have a good connection there so yes open spaces folks is this really interesting self-organizing way of having a large group having lots of conversations all at once in a way that uh, once you set it up kind of organizes itself maybe that's something we can do another podcast on one day Ooh, um, absolutely so good idea let's let's do that so you you're talking about building this kind of multi-threaded community group in seattle starting with online work in the pandemic and supporting each other and then moving to a uh, more in-person gatherings like that. Uh, And I I think you've developed a social gathering model even that you use in that setting. I'd be really keen to hear a bit about that. Yeah, we have, we call it our village program. I also describe it as a facilitated social gathering. Um, So it's not a meeting. Uh, We don't have one person that speaks the whole time. We don't have any featured speakers. Uh, What we have is a social gathering, as you would expect to come together socially, as you'd expect to talk one-on-one with other people. Um, And so that's what we do. So our program consists of, first, we always welcome visitors. Visitors are very important to our our community. We consider visitors kind of the the key input, the key ingredient to our sustainability and our ongoing um, operations. So we always welcome new visitors, give them a chance to introduce themselves. Uh, We do what we call community connections, which uh, we all break up into uh, uh, one-on-one groups. So you have a chance to talk uh, one-on-one with someone else. Um, In Zoom, that's easy because you have the breakout rooms feature, which is so great. In person, we have a method. We created these things called uh, uh, grouping cards. Everyone gets a card and then you use the card basically to find your match uh, in the group. Uh, And so we have prompts um, that are offered to kind of get the conversation going. And so we spend five minutes one-on-one. Um, And then we do a grounding. Uh, Another feature we have is an acknowledgement. Um, So you might be familiar with the land and labor acknowledgements. Uh, We are doing a lot of those here in the States to just acknowledge the history of colonialism and the the, um, taking over of land that happened, uh, just so that we're aware of that. And so we expand that out and offer that up to the group to say, what what would you like our group to acknowledge? Um, And so we bring up all kinds of issues, social justice issues, um, you know, charities, causes that people are interested in. Um, and then we have, we have some more community connections and then we do our open space uh, conversations. And so we use the open space model. Everybody offers some topics to think about and we break into smaller groups. We dive into those topics. Uh, we come back together, do some sharebacks, and then we kind of wrap up after that. So, so that's our program. And we, we run that every single time. It's very consistent and people like the predictability of that. They know what to expect. And my favorite part is that it decenters the leaders, that the leaders are there for kind of the administration and, and you know, connecting with people, and, and, uh, but they're not there to kind of talk the whole time. 
And I, and I think people really do appreciate that because it's really about community and letting people connect with each other. Letting people connect with each other is so important, isn't it? If it's just the leaders to the community and back with people, that's not really a community. That's that's more like an organization, I think. It, it, it's a followership. Yeah, it does go back to that business concept of like, I want everyone to do things my way. Like, let's just do it this way. And uh, or or kind of the social media influencer kind of, you know, which that's called community. And I just have a hard time accepting a lot of these large followers of YouTube channels and influencers as communities because they don't know each other. You know, they're just following this one person and, and there might it's be some all, exceptions there. But and it's all it's all sort of filtered through that person as well, isn't it? It's all about that. The, the hero right. person, the the the, the so-called influencer. Uh, right. Not so much about the people talking to each other about right. other things about. Uh, and it's, you mentioned this variety of topics and the importance of that and also the importance of having different viewpoints and different um, right. uh, like standpoints uh, within the group. So right. you mentioned that whole format, Jason. I'm just wondering, how long does that take to do that typically? Well, well, we've done it in in forty five minutes, kind of an hour ish. Ideally, it goes two hours. I, uh, two hours is a good good amount of time. Um, it's a it, it's about as long as people are willing to to put into a community uh, program. Um, it's a bit long for some people. Uh, we also do announcements at the end. I'll say that we had we had a couple other components at the very end. Um, but we have, we've, we try and keep it flexible and we really only time it in one respect that we try and get to the open space at the halfway point. Uh, so whatever length the program we're shooting for by the halfway point, we want to start initiate the open space conversation so that half of the time is spent doing that and then doing the wrap up. Um, the other, the other model I'll mention there is, uh, that's an important part of our program and the way that we involve our community in running the program is we have roles. So we encourage people to take roles for each gathering. Uh, so the acknowledgement lead is a role, the grounding guide is a role, even the host is a role and anybody can be a host. So I'm a host sometimes, other people are hosts other times. Anybody can fill that role as host because we have kind of that program established. And uh, so the roles are really important. And then we have some behind the scenes roles in terms of taking notes, sending the emails, running the Zoom stuff, all that. So there's anywhere from eight to 10 people involved in running each of our gatherings. Wow, that's terrific. I really like that idea of passing around the roles and the responsibilities, and giving different people a chance to be up front sometimes and making sure that the, everything behind the scenes is also functioning and there's people keeping an eye on that because... It, those are the things in my experience where if it goes well, people don't notice it. They almost yeah. kind of they float past it. Whereas if it's not going well, they notice it very quickly. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, exactly. And, and it affects your, your sense of whether you want to be a part of this group. If it's not flowing that well, you know, you're not sure. About that's, it. that's absolutely for sure. That's absolutely for sure. Uh, so how often do you do these gatherings then? We do. Uh, so we have four villages running now um, and each has its own pace. So Village Seattle is a, a weekly virtual gathering and a monthly in-person gathering. Uh, Village Boise just launched a few months ago. And right now we are just doing a monthly in-person gathering. And then we have a TARP village, which is a, not, it's a village organized around a nonprofit called the Adolescent Redemption Project, which is focused on criminal justice reform. And that meets monthly virtually. Um, and then uh, we have a, a workplace village, which meets every two weeks. Um, so there are all different kind of experiments in this, in using this model in different places. 
That's really fascinating. A workplace village. Is that in a particular workplace? or? Uh... Yeah, it's in a company called Northwest Center, a place where I used to work. So uh, I was working there during the pandemic and I started the village in there. So yeah, the idea there is we're getting people from all different arms of the village or of the company. This is a, a 900 employee company uh, that's spread over uh, three states. So we do virtual gatherings and it's a chance for people to get to know people from other departments and other levels of, of leadership. We have leadership uh, people that attend and staff. And um, so, yeah, it's a really cool. And there's a lot of, it's, it's a very, um, I'll say what we do that's unique in the workplace village is we amplify the diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. So the, the um, employee resource groups are very popular right now. It's a very popular way of, of, amplifying the minority voices within a company. So uh, what we do is provide a space that's neutral. So, you know, you might not be interested in joining the, you know, the black affinity group, you know, necessarily, but you would like to support them. And so what we do is we, we let them come in and, and uh, kind of, we have a themed gathering that, that they help run and they provide some of the themes of our conversations. And um, so it's a way of kind of amplifying what's happening within the organization. A quick reminder that you're listening to the Village in the City podcast, helping you build micro-local community where you live. And you can find all kinds of resources, support, our Village Builders Handbook, and much, much more at villageinthecity.net. Villageinthecity.net. Well, we carried on and I asked Jason about how he's going to develop his work in the next few months. We found a need now to, to think about how do we go about creating a village and, and helping it grow. And... Our goal always is for a village to be self-sustaining. So using those roles, using the model, the idea is that people can begin to train themselves and we can have a village be self-sustaining. But until it's self-sustaining, it does need strong leadership and it does need a, a significant amount of support. So we, in, um, in April of 2022, just this year, we uh, formed, well, we came up with the idea of Village Co. And so it's, it's the village, you could think of it as a village cooperative and it's a, uh, a support group. So our, our mission at Village Co. is to provide the tools and support for groups to organize villages inside neighborhoods, workplaces, and families. So the, the tools are the program and kind of the training, and uh, we have a platform that makes it accessible so that people can just use their email and we don't, we don't have like any apps or any, they don't need to use Facebook, for example, they can pretty universal to use email. And then the support is uh, we actually show up to the gathering. We, we fill the roles until other people are able to take those roles themselves. And that's, yeah, that's the idea of Village Co. is very new. We just incorporated in September of 2022. So just now we, we're incorporated. So we're really just getting started brand spanking new. <laughs> Excellent. Well, one of the good pictures of these people around the world who may not be in the Northwest of the United States is that they've got a, a website with a lot of information about it, including the, the social gathering format and all the other stuff. It's villageco.org is the website, villageco.org. So do go and check that out. Yeah, thanks, Mark. And, and worth to note that our intention is to provide all these resources for free, um, as I know you're doing, which is wonderful. I think that's so important to provide the resources for free for people to, to take a look at themselves and maybe implement themselves. Because while we know that it, it involves a lot of support, there's a lot of folks like you that are really ready to put in the work and ready to, to create villages in their area. And all they need is, is some of the tools to get started. So yeah, we'll provide our resources for free. Excellent. Well, thank you, Jason. So 
you've got this experience now. You've been working with this model for two or three years. Uh, you're branching out into different things. What are you finding that's really important about the way you work? Have a think for me and pick out a couple of things maybe that you think really, really uh, are, are the key to moving things along. Yeah, I mean, I can. The, the first thing that comes to mind it is to me the most important thing in community building is relationships. And, and relationships are so critical. And kind of going back to that conversation about businesses and what's different with businesses, uh, that, that sometimes it doesn't seem like relationships are very important in business, that we just kind of want someone to do their job and you know, provide their output. And we don't want to have that feeling in our village where all we want is someone to fill this role, just do this role, just show up, just invite someone, just be at our gathering. We want numbers. We want to have as many people as possible. So we really... You know, th that doesn't seem to be very important in terms of actually creating a, a, a cohesive community. What's really important are relationships. And so to me, as a community organizer, that means I spend a lot of time just meeting with people and, you know, one-on-one -on -one and, you know, hearing about how their lives are going and just getting to know them as friends. And so I just build a lot of friendships. And that is more important than any kind of project management, any kind of, you know, step-by-step, -step, you know, a, a process, any kind of platform. Um, it's just, that's the most important thing because that's what community really is, is a network of relationships. And uh, so what I do is I, I model that myself. So I try and get to know everybody in the village and, and I enjoy, you know, those diverse kinds of relationships. Some people I'm really close to, some people I not so much, but I, you know, I love all everybody. And I ask others to, to you know, open up their hearts and open up their time to do the same thing. And maybe there's someone you want to reach out to and, you know, have a little coffee date with and, you know, maybe do a Zoom call with or exchange some emails. Um, so we talk about, encouraging people to build build connections in that way and um, so that to me is is the central uh, way of building communities just getting to know folks that is the thing that uh, makes a community different from an organization or at least it's one of the things i think the way that as you say in organizations people are in a way fulfilling a role so you're the the chief cook or the bottle washer or whatever mm -hmm. but in a community you're you <laughs> you're you you're jason you're mark you're joanna you're philip and, and it, it, when one person leaves and a new person comes in, I'm not the new Jason, if yeah. I take it from you. I'm, I'm, I'm Mark. I'm still Mark. And so this, this whole way we think about people in organizations is different, I think, really fundamentally different. Absolutely. How we think Absolutely. about people in community. Absolutely. And, and we apply that as well in, the term, in terms of our roles. So we do have a sense of what each role needs to fulfill, but we also encourage people to express that role in their own unique way. For example, the grounding is a traditionally kind of a meditative experience with some breathing exercises, but some of our members lead the grounding and they'll read some poetry. Um, or they'll do like a physical kind of yoga kind of experience. So there's different ways to express that role. There's different ways to be an MC, And we just love everybody to, to bring their uniqueness to our community. And yeah, every, and, and be you. Like you said, I love that. Yeah. So we talked about the importance of relationship building, Jason. What else is really, really key in making your uh, village gatherings work? The other thing I would mention is that it's important to be organized. It's just very important to be organized. And we, we talked about this before we started our, our uh, call here about how to use the Zoom tool appropriately and turn off certain settings. And um, so there is some work involved in, in being well-organized and whether that's how what platform you choose. Um, simple things like 
when someone asks to be removed from your list, which will happen occasionally, you got you have to you have to do that appropriately, and you can't make a mistake and then begin emailing them again. So there's a lot of just you you do need to be well organized, and uh, that that's a big thing. Building relationships to me seems a little easier. Being organized, that's that's a big that's a big thing to 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 take on. So I think that's you know, village in the city is is I think that's what you're trying to do is helping people organize themselves so that you can kind of create create communities. And that's our intention with Village Co. as well is, is helping provide the organizational tools that will get you there. It, it is important, I think, to be organized. But it's one of those things that not everyone appreciates how much work goes into that sometimes. Right. Because as we said before, when it's working, it, you don't notice it. And when it's not working, you do. Yeah. Uh, but I'm very passionate about this combination of being really well organized and really open. Yeah. So when when people come and when, you know you have no idea what their gifts may be, what their story might be, what their contribution may or may not be in the future, you have no clue when a new person walks through the door. So you have to be amazingly open, and at the same time, you have to know that things are plugged in and the and the boiler is on for the coffee and there's, yeah. you know, there's people people ready to talk and and there's chairs and the place is appropriately you know set up and so on and that all takes work in advance um and for me the hosting role which i'm very passionate about is, is about that combination of really well planned and really open and spontaneous kind of all at once yeah it's it's true and you're a great host and and i think it is challenging to to get people in a place of hosting well because it is a combination of like you said of being being aware of everybody being able to respond of oh, someone new walked in like let's acknowledge the new person and at the same time continue with the program so there's a lot of skill there and and being organized it it just takes time you know you, you just got to have a lot of experience to to get in and do it but you all say that uh, there are other groups like Sunday assembly for example that they have grown, they've grown a lot. And uh, at the same time, there's been a kind of a, a filtering out of, there's a lot of groups that kind of got started, but then kind of filtered away. And we had a Sunday assembly here in Seattle that I was a part of for a little while. And I tried to kind of get that going. And the biggest challenge was who's helping organize this thing, you know, because most people just want to show up. They just want to show up. They just want to be part of the program. And you want, you don't want to encroach on that. You want to make sure that, that people feel welcome to participate at the level that they want to. And you don't want to try and recruit every single person that walks through the door <laughs> to help you organize. So uh, it is, it is tough to build that team that's going to help you organize. Um, and it does take time. But it's crucial. It, it, your group will not last without that that tool. Sunday assembly, folks, that Jason's just mentioned, uh, I've been involved with as well. It's a model for of kind of a non-religious church. Uh, the meetings of Sunday assembly look a bit like a church service in that there's singing, there's poetry readings, there's a speaker, there's a time to have a chat with people, there's a reflective moments there's usually a cup of tea or coffee afterwards so it's kind of modeled on a church service but with no religion at all and it's the idea originally by the found, uh, the founders of that Sanderson Jones and Pippa Evans was to open the benefits of a church like community for people who don't do church and don't do religion uh, I think it's very inspiring I've been involved from the start and I uh, full disclosure I'm chair of Sunday Assembly Edinburgh here in Scotland and you know and I recognize a lot of what Jason's been saying with that Sunday assembly lens on and in a way one of the things we've learned that Jason has tapped into from the start of his is that you can't just bring people together have a good sing song and listen to a talk you've got to get them talking to each other and over the time we've expanded that part of our events 
the kind of people talking with each other thing, which now plays a, a more central role than perhaps it did when Sunday Assembly started uh, nearly 10 years ago now. Well, that's really good all, to hear. I'm curious about that. These are all ways of bringing, bringing people together. So do you find a certain sort of person coming to your uh, village events, Jason? You talked about the, the desire to get a real mix of people, different viewpoints, you know, perhaps different political standpoints and so forth. Uh, what do you find really? Who comes and, and how much of that diversity are you managing to get so far? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. Um, you know, we start with this uh, phrase that village is not for everybody and, and community building is not for everybody. And uh, so there is, there is a bit of filtering that happens no matter what. Um, and, and so people who are coming are curious about other people. They're looking for friendships. Uh, we very commonly will see people new to the area or having made some kind of big change in their life, you know, having left a relationship or changed a job and, you know, they're just looking to plug in somewhere. So I think that's the most common, you know, person who will kind of drift in. Uh, and then you have, I think, I think that's it. I mean, otherwise we have good age diversity. We have some young folks, we have some older folks. Um, we, in Seattle, we have a lot of, of, uh, you know, different cultural background kind of diversity and diversity in terms of workplace. Like some people are working full-time, others are, are not. And, um, that's in, in different political backgrounds, um, more so maybe in Boise, we have a little more political diversity in our group there. So yeah, I think the, the key here is that we want our gatherings to be neutral in the sense that if you have any kind of different beliefs from someone, you're not going to feel like you're you know, in the minority or that you're not a part of the in-group kind of thing. And that, and so I think that's why that, that program is so important that we follow every single time so that it doesn't, doesn't feel like it's, it's being run by some particular group, you know, for example, in Seattle, uh, because I started the, the vegan stoners group. And because I invited a lot of those folks who were involved in helping create village Seattle, we have a large contingent of vegans in our group. And there was a sense when people were joining of, well, is this a is this a vegan group or is this a community group? And it was tough for us to, as as the the kind of the the subgroup of vegans to kind of say, no, this is not about veganism. We're not going to be bringing that up every gathering. We're not you know centering that as the most important issue, uh, which is a lesson I think for all of us to learn that there's issues that are important to us, but that's not the most important thing you know for us to be coming together. Uh, to be constantly just talking about our issues. We want to get to know each other personally. So um, yeah, so we do have people joining who are passionate about things, um, who are looking for a place to network and kind of get those ideas out. Um, but uh, there's, I'm pretty happy with the amount of diversity we see in our group. Now, I think this is the, the key, really. You want a diverse group, but then you don't want to talk immediately about the, di the diversity. You want to talk about things that we're all interested in. And often that's things like food and music and what's going on and local developments and, and, and those kind of things. And as people build those relationships with each other, then maybe further on down the line, you know, we can understand each other a little better in, in oh, different ways. Absolutely. And what you just said there, Mark, I think is something that everybody could take on because we all want to see a better world. We all want to try and spread these good ideas. And I think what you said is so critical for us to all take into our, into our lives and, and to really recognize that it's relationships that causes change. It's not the ideas. That's a great point, Jason. Just a couple of things to wind up then. First of all, what are your hopes next for, for your work? 
Yeah, the, ne the next big project we've got with Village Co. is creating the beta version of our platform and our program. Um, and so we're getting close to that. We want to have that up on our website as a free offering, um, and it'll give us a, a starting point as we create new villages to know what template we're working from. Our intention is that each village will always have its own evolutionary process. It'll have its own identity, and, and um, you know we won't know exactly how everything's going to unfold, but we, we do have kind of a seed that we're starting from. So creating that beta version is, is the big, big goal. And, uh, and then down the road, you know, I, I like the idea of, of uh, creating some city villages and then rooting downward from there. So we have some localization projects here in Seattle. We're doing a central district village and uh, we have some ideas of, of canvassing neighborhoods and inviting just knocking on doors and uh, on every single door in a, in a like several block radius and inviting everybody to be a part of a neighbor, neighborhood village. Um, so that's that's a vision as well. And um, so, yeah, we've got some experiment ideas. And, and then, of course, we're also offering more than just our gatherings. We have what are, we call engagements, um, which are like, you know, a book club or a movie night or we go on a hike. And so our members offer these activities to the group. Um, so we're trying to encourage some some more activity happening there. So that's that's all bubbling up. That's excellent stuff. Good, thank you, Jason. So just to finish up, then from all of this good experience you have and all of this good work that you've been doing and you're looking to do in the future, a word of advice maybe for people around the world who are looking to get things moving in their own neighborhoods, in their own villages. Uh, what would you offer them? Uh, form relationships. I think it's so important to stop, to slow our lives down a little bit. Slow down your walking, uh, slow down your transactions within the stores, uh, wherever you are in life, slow down and acknowledge people and, and don't be afraid to get to know people. It doesn't mean that you're forming a new long-term relationship. I feel like we have a lot of anxiety about forming relationships, but it, you know we need to get to know each other. Um, and that will make a difference because there's plenty of support and plenty of tools to help you along the way building communities. But it, it really does start with your openness to people that are different than you. That's a great thought, Jason. Slow down, talk to people and start to build things from there. I love that. So thank you very much indeed. Remember, folks, you can find out more about Jason and his work at villageco.org. And thank you, Jason, for coming on Village on the City. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark.